This is an Alternerd Reality Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alternerd Reality Podcast. This is a podcast for all things gaming, all things nerdy, basically all things awesome. It is the 27th of February. This is our Gaming News of the Week episode. I am one of your hosts, Chewburger84, and joining me, this man, is a national treasure. It is Dahooch. How are you, buddy? Hey, doing pretty good. Glad to be here. How are you? Uh, mate, stoked for another massive week of nerddom. It is huge how much has come out. Only in the last couple of days, Hooch. Like, we got so much to cover for gaming. Oh, God. Absolutely. It's been a big week. Absolutely. And, of course, that means we need someone else to help us out, break it all down. Uh, this man's girlfriend describes their sex life as gone in 60 seconds. It is Hebrew Hammer. How are you, <laughs> Yeah, for her. hey hey <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Oh, Lord. Ready to take this thing down. Lots of Pokemon uh, news this time, so looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, Pokemon. So what else we got? Oh, man. So much stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is why we have so many needs to split it up into the three podcasts. Yeah, it's actually Crazy. like yeah. the spectrum for this week is huge. It's literally like touches on basically everything. So yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Lots of touching. Plus, no I mean, if anything sums week. up this podcast, it's just lots of touching. I think. No touching. <laughs> yeah, but there's no specific dickhead of the week this time, or whatever we whatever we call them. I mean, there's Hopefully. always one. I mean, there is actually he's a out there. The I'm sure, but uh, no, no, we've got one. <laughs> we do have a we do have a dickhead of the week. We do, um, okay. and it's not one of us this week, which is always a nice change. So. <laughs> there you oh, go. good. <laughs> All right, so before we do it, folks, let's get some shameless shilling out of the way. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure you rate and review over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you want to join the crew that gets to listen to the live version of this. Uh, if some tiers can participate in the pre-show live record, uh, unedited versions, about an hour's worth of bonus content every week. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash ANR pod. But of course, we love chatting with you guys about everything nerdy and everything gaming. So join the discord at discord.me forward slash ANR. All right, boys, gaming news. Let's do it. In probably the least surprising news of the last decade... Anthem is no more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Geez. I mean, the only thing that would be less surprising is if uh, Avengers was no more. So I'm still surprised, th- more surprised that that isn't out than this is. But, yeah, I think I would have been more surprised if they had kept doing it. Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah, at this point, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, this was the inevitable end. Like, uh, it's been out for so long and just barely hanging alive. So. And I guess they they had plans to um, potentially or try to bring it back. Who knows if that would have actually worked? But they actually looked like good plans, but couldn't cut it. I guess. See, this yeah. is the part that's hilarious to me is that so many companies and EA with games like uh, you know Galaxy of Heroes, where they operate very much on the sunken cost fallacy mm-hmm. of like making people feel trapped or like a game with microtransactions because well I've spent so much money I have to stay now. And yet here they are with a, a product they worked on four years, mm. committed to for another three years of achieving basically nothing but spending money on the developing squad anyway, only to when they finally got it right, went, well, is this enough money? Right. You know, are we done to, to risk it? I think it's because of the brand. I think they're going to copy this an- an- uh, Anthem engine, copy and paste it into some new project. But I think they're worried that the word Anthem is just forever tainted now. You know, you're you're not wrong. It's actually a good point. And I really hope that they do now that you've said that because 
I we've all said actually, um, Hooch, I'm not sure if you you haven't played it or have you? Uh, Anthem, no, okay. I didn't play. it. So like Chu and I have said several times at least, and I know uh, Pike I had whenever whenever he was on. We all loved the flying in that game. We thought it was there. There was some definitely like redeemable qualities of that game. The flying being the biggest one of the bunch. So I really want a, a game that can do that for me again because other games that have tried it have for some reason failed. So mm. yeah, I would like to see this Phoenix come alive again. Oh, absolutely. And whatever that game is, you know, it's just you know for legal reasons, definitely not. This is definitely not Iron Man. Like whatever that game is, um, <laughs> I think it's got potential. Especially like the loot system they proposed only about I think it was like six seven weeks ago. Where you looked at it and went, oh god, man, this could fix this game and Avengers if someone would look at it. Yeah. Um, and then Basically. you know, it's just such a shame they didn't get that chance. But you know, they had was it two and a half years of chances? Mm-hmm. So I mean, or two years, two years, I think it was. So. I just like I feel like the answer to a lot of things um, in the game space right now are it's just such an obvious thing, but no one's willing to actually do it and i don't get why maybe it's because they want to try to create more degrees of separation but i I feel like the thing that everything that everyone is searching for is a destiny style gaming it just in the way of that how it plays with raids like these huge big elaborate raids you know lots of teamwork and having a compelling um you know uh like battle multiplayer mode as well um like if, I think if you combine those things, those two elements, uh, and just put your own little spin on them, that game would be a hit. But I really haven't seen any that have like tried to do that, at least not be like that close. And you can copy basically anything in the game world, it seems like. So I don't know why people well, haven't done that more. So the problem is, is if you start doing just a carbon copy, then that's what you're, you're accused of. You're accused of just being a carbon copy. And unless you can bring something else on top of that, mm-hmm. then people are just gonna be like, well, I've invested all this time in the other game. Why would I stop and start over on this game? What are you bringing to me? Mm-hmm. So what happens is when you start to review what the market looks like, you go, well, this game did it this way, this game did it that way, this other game, and you take pieces of things that you liked and try to remove the things that you didn't like. Sometimes you hit the mark, other times you miss the mark. But everybody wants to avoid just a straight carbon copy of something else. The same thing with movies. Nobody wants to do another exact shot-for-shot remake of a previous <laughs> Well, movie I'm sorry. Have you watched many remakes out. in the last fucking 10 years? Because welcome to the cinema industry for the 2020s. It's 100% yes, where well, it's going. A, a, you and can, everybody shits on with it. A, with a movie, it's different because there's only a very short amount of time there to yeah. display something as opposed yeah. to a game. But, but that defense for this particular project is weird, though, because they were actively saying in the lead-up to it, this is going to be the Destiny killer. Because right, they, they were exactly. aiming at taking Destiny's players with... I, taking the best parts of that game and then allowing you to fly around in an Iron Man's Iron Man suit, go wherever mm-hmm. you want with unlimited verticality, including, you know, yeah. underwater and subterranea. And yeah. then just all the greatest parts of Destiny, they went, ah, we don't need that. Let's yeah, get it. Exactly. Yeah. That that's the Which problem. Is- and that's an active design decision. Somebody said, hey, Destiny's doing this. And somebody else said, we're not going to do that. Yeah, but that's that's my point. Like, why the fuck are they doing that? Like, like why wouldn't you it, say? Because they had enough. If they would have put in, like, like I think raids were, like, one of the biggest things there that was, mm-hmm. like, missing. Like, a big end game. Because that's what Destiny has. It has a big ongoing end game that people actually care about. And yeah. 
like the fact that they didn't implement that like on any level is what basically end up killing game among a few other things that also they could have taken from destiny well the thing that kills all these games the services in their first couple of years like to, you have to maintain momentum like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all, all, all gamers sure. have you know goldfish adhd mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that like there are so many new shiny things jumping out in front of you you're like oh my god look at that and then you're gone right if you don't yeah. have something saying this is the time frame and destiny's been smart because it plans for it like it knows yeah. people are going to come in smash the content and then disappear and they'll and have, they have some fun maps. flavor events in between yeah uh, but they they've actively said that in interviews we know people are going to come and go so yeah. many of these companies approach it as oh you know we're going to make it in a way that this is the world that people are going to live in it's going to be like world of warcraft people are only going to mm-hmm. do this and then like you know there's a month goes by and there's no end game content and they go oh, okay yep. at three months there's going to be and they maybe put in one raid where you know you don't have the loot right so you have to have a reason to get back on the treadmill and it has to be something you need to commit to it yeah yeah. is it story i mean that's where i think the old republic is having such a good resurgence for an mmo because it's just gone do you know what we're kind of shit at everything else let's just make it about people being able to look like the jedi sith or mercenary they want to so they've gone for aesthetics and they've gone for story they've gone that's our thing destiny it's all about the loot source and the raids right so mm-hmm. whatever it is that you are be that and that was the problem with ea and anthem all the way through is that you know it was very widely reported from the developers that uh, you know a year out people were like wait what is this game gonna be like what, what are we doing with it like apparently flying was not even an anthem like a year before it released oh wow makes it all the more right? impressive at how good that flying was <laughs> well apparently that's oh. what they spent the entire year doing and then they said all right guys everyone put everything else down you loot people story fuck you all right let's just do this and yeah. they did it very poorly so yeah um it's a shame that that potential would never be realized because the base concepts were a hundred percent there yeah but it is what it is but i tell you what i would not want to be an ea shareholder this week i haven't checked their share prices but fuck me you might as well just have a week of ea admitting failure because gaia a game that's been in production for was that six years hooch uh i don't know it's a long time i want to say that that project's been around five or six years yeah um they've announced that they're not going to go forward with that either i'm not surprised um yeah i mean don't forget do you guys oh you guys probably don't remember ea.com or the sims online or any number of huge endeavors that EA undertook that mm-hmm. cost them tens of millions of dollars they eventually just scrapped. Yeah, EA is yeah. all about the culling. Like, I, they've ditched so many titles that I was anxious to play over the years. They never saw the light of day, so. Yeah, I have a buddy of mine. Did you guys ever hear of, uh, was it Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that to him was like the, the the biggest blunder, one of the biggest blunders EA ever made. It was not marketed as it should be, and it was a fantastic game. But you saw that a lot, where if it didn't fit into some somebody's idea of a portfolio game that EA could franchise or monitor, whatever it was, they kind of just shoved it under the rug and didn't actually do anything. Another game mm. was Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Mm-hmm. That game was a, was so good. And should have gotten more marketing than it did. But for some reason, somebody just didn't think it was worthwhile. And a good game got, you know, thrown away and didn't get the recognition it deserved. Mm-hmm. So they do it a lot. And, you know, they'll they'll turn around and put 
what you know forever on a game like battlefield hardline which was basically an extension of the battlefield franchise it just felt like a, a dlc is what it was yeah but they put a ton of money behind trying to make that a thing hmm. so well yeah i mean that, that is pretty typical for ea so it's unfortunate and the thing is, though, yeah. I'm, I'm so surprised that they're cutting some of these projects, especially things where you're like you're almost there and all they had to do was like implement the last stages over the course of six or 12 mm-hmm. months for Anthem, for example. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Guy, I have no idea how far through that was, but some of the footage, you know, they've leaked at a few conferences over the last couple of years. It looked like it was on track. Is yeah. we spoke about this. There's only like two major games and one of which is, you know, a new weird thing with It Takes Two coming out this year for EA. Otherwise, they're just banking on the mobile games. Like, that's where they seem to be investing a lot right now. And their sports games. Like, if you look at their traditional portfolios, they have walked away from so many different franchises or fucked them into the ground to the point where the studios are still around. So their focus now is, like, reinvesting in things like The Old Republic, which I'm actually quite excited by Mm -hmm. because I think that's a good decision. Mm -hmm. And uh, sports games. That's, you know... Don't forget about The Sims. Yeah, true. Well, that's that's true. The Sims is a... Yeah, that's their 800-pound gorilla. Whatever The Sims wants, The Sims gets. Yeah, yeah. that that is basically Animal Crossing for people who can't afford a PC, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry, for people who, for people who, who do have a no. PC. I fuck that joke up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you are absolutely right. Yeah, well, the original, but. let's be real. Uh, and then this is a weird one. Now, this was, this was for me. I read this. I'll be interested to see if you guys took it differently. This was EA trying to sell a failure as a positive to the players, right? So on the back of those two announcements, they said, now, great news for all the people that have given us feedback over the last few years. We're going to abandon our plans for Dragon Age 4, and we're going to make it the single-player experience that you want. How did you guys Good. receive that message? Wait, what? So Dragon I mean- Age 4 was originally supposed to be a games-as-a-service game. It was supposed to be a multiplayer. I'm guessing dungeons. I'm guessing raids. I don't know. They were going to well, change like the format of that game. You don't? I, 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 mean, I, I mean, no, 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 no. I want that. I don't like the fact that they're not doing that now. See, that's the thing. You I really actually am in the same boat as I you. Do. I actually did want that this time around because I feel like the Dragon mm. Age combat is stale as fuck now. Like that whole system yeah. to me doesn't feel great. It makes sense for games like Divinity 2 uh, Original Sin. I think those games do that style of combat with multiple character controlling really well. But that style of, you know, um, third view, you know, not isometric, but, you know, over the shoulder, like the combat was always mm-hmm. messy as fuck for that game. So you could have told a story and then still had for people that wanted to keep playing and doing shit with their friends. Like I would much, much, much prefer have real people controlling those idiots than the AI because exactly. they're terrible in the old games. Exactly. And that's why, why I, that's so infuriating to me because I don't know why games now make this so binary. Well, you can have this or this. Well, no, I yeah. want fucking both. Like, I don't understand why this is this is a game that's primed, just as you said, to have other people accompany you on your journey and fill in for those AIs and then pull out whenever they're not there. And you can have a seamless, you know, single player experience with friends or not. But why can't I have an end game, a good, um, compelling end game to keep playing as well? Why do I have to pick one or the other? And why the fuck are they only doing one? Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Every 
every additional feature you add costs more. But that's more money, money for them as well if they no, do it right. It's not it's not the it's not the same. They can't unless they can say, "Hey, if we add this, we'll have the revenue will increase by x amount that will offset the costs of adding this in the game." Unless they can somehow quantify that and they've got the numbers and the data is behind it to be like, "Yes, do it." A lot of times, it's not going to get done. I say that's. I but say you can put microtransactions in a live service. Look at, exactly. You. Exactly. No one's going to yeah, fucking buy. No one's going to buy skins for a single player experience. Um, it, Dragon no. Age Four. <laughs> no, yeah, but they're not. They would if if it had multiplayer. Like you're you're saying they would if it had a multiplayer and you could show it off to your friends and do like dungeons and shit. Like I would buy of skins course. for that shit. Like. That's the thing. We're in the world of microtransactions. For anyone saying that live service games can't be monetized correctly, go look at any fucking mobile game in the world and see how it outperforms I, any console game. Like, I, skins beats everything these days. But you have to have the right game. That's the... That's, I th- and again, a lot of times, you might be able to see that decision, but somebody else might not because they like you're like, oh no, I would hella buy that. But are you a representation of enough of the players of the game of the player base to equate putting the time and effort into making that feature or making that something See, that they want to do and also wait hang on and also how does that fit in into your overall game design mm-hmm. so yeah to that i would say that you can look at any game that's similar that is successful that has microtransactions in it whether regardless of platform and i would say that right there is your fucking example because the biggest question is not if that monetary or that not if that monetization strategy will work the biggest question is how fucking good at you are are you at making the game that you're trying to make so it's not a question of will this strategy of of monetizing things happen like we know that that shit works it's really are you good enough to make a good game so dragon age 4 is like it has an ip behind it that people really like and it's already been stale because they didn't have a good multiplayer. Like, I'm less inclined. I mean, I'm still going to get it because I'm a fan of the IP. But, <laughs> but There you go. Well, no, no. But I'm a hardcore fan of the IP. Like, if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't be getting it because I'd be far less inclined to get it now because of it doesn't have multiplayer. But see, you just tapped on the whole thing. Is, is adding the skins or the monetization, is it going to bring in new players? Yeah, having absolutely. the multiplayer because there's a lot of people is, that is don't like single player players. RPGs like all these you yeah. know adolescent kids want to play games with their friends bro exactly especially nowadays I like, think the financial argument play with each is other. a weird one for this example because I think Hebrew is right in the sense the IP is a draw card for a, like you know fanboy so they'd come through no matter what the project is and if you want to attract people like the Destiny crowd where there is so much money around or anything like that you do it for me, I don't think this is a, a financial decision in that sense. I think this is EA admitting right now of all their development squads, they don't have anyone that is capable of delivering an endgame multiplayer-focused um, games-as-a-service model because the closest they've got is the Old Republic. Yeah. And that was flailing forever until they committed to, no, this is basically a single-player rpg experience that you have the option to play with your friends when they shifted and just acknowledge that that game got so much better right but to do a destiny style you know like that i think this is more of a you look at look at these three announcements together anthem shutting down uh they're shutting down gaia which was similar sort of thing and now they're not going to do the multiplayer games the service version of this all three of those have a common thread ea does not know what the fuck they are doing 
with games as service games. Yeah. Of exactly, the Destiny yeah. style format, and, let's say. And because of that, and because of that, they're missing out on lots of money because games of service that do have compelling end game work incredibly fucking well. So. so for Anthem and Gaia, I would agree with you that like they just couldn't put it together and get something that they thought was going to work without mm-hmm. flat out copying Destiny. I still have a hard time believing that you could put some sort of like continue like live service to a uh, a Dragon Age unless I mean, you wow. completely like, changed it would be up. Very cl- similar to WoW. But we've all, you guys have already said, WoW is getting long in the tooth. No, 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 no. Wow's, wow shit because the graphics. Like, that's my biggest what? problem with WoW. Wow's, now, if you want to see, like, what is the road to this, as fuck. right? The road to this um, hooch is exactly what they should have done the first time. It is what, copy and paste the best elements of the Old Republic, right? So when mm-hmm. you're leveling and you're going mm-hmm. through that experience, the story modes... Mm-hmm. You are playing the traditional Dragon Age experience that you would have had otherwise. Can we agree that that part would be the same? Because you've played, you've played the Old Republic, sure. right? Oh that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very absolutely. faithful and very similar to how a Dragon Age game played, really. Except that you're a single yeah. player, yeah, yeah. So you do that all yeah. the same, and then whenever it else wraps up, you just go, okay, now we go into more of a. I'm not saying a Destiny style MMO. I'm, I'm saying more like a mm-hmm. you know traditional wow experience but like tune that down so it's more dungeon based so everything's based on four to six players instead of 10 to 25 and make it more destiny-esque in that sense Uh, i think it's absolutely doable and it's just a matter of like learning from the mistakes they made from the last bioware mmo which was the old republic and just say okay the old republic's the story driven one this has story driven beats as well but we're going to have this sick end game at the end of it it's it's not that hard to do they've built that game already just change it from lightsabers to yeah. wizard staffs and you're there you know yeah. I, it, <laughs> so it's just a waste of the ip in my opinion like it's, but let me ask you this though yeah, real quick sure. Yeah, sure. when it comes to playing the old republic mm-hmm. are you playing because of the game mechanics the combat mechanics or are you playing because you like the story and you're it's almost like you go through the action bits to get to more story now that's true when the game first came out it was story until the end yeah. game. And then that game in its initial state yeah. wasn't a bad MMO, right? It didn't have the most exciting combat um, at the start, but it, there, were, there was one stage there where mm-hmm. things like the PvP were actually quite interesting. But then they, they changed a few things mm-hmm. to make it more casual friendly to the point where, you know, most of those competitive environments were kind of a joke. And the raids became, you know, you yeah. could do it just as a story mode if you wanted. So when they removed their investment into making those, you know, interesting enough and the mechanics were really grindy, you know, now it's about you can get all your shinies and you can play your stories, you know. So, yes, it has yeah. been. But, I mean, that's that style of MMO. I mean, are people playing WoW because of the game mechanics these days? No. I mean, uh, they've, they've, they've tweaked some stuff, but people are playing WoW because of the progression and then the content and things like that that yeah. they're, they're doing. But I would say that style of gameplay is really dated. You know, but I, Dragon I, Age plays like an MMO for 90% of what it is, except until yeah. you get to combat, and then basically it's just a hot mess of, all right, pause, move, change character, this spell, don't be an idiot, go, right? It's, yeah... It's, it's so well, close they, to that already. Didn't they kind of fix that with the last one, though? I thought the last one was a little bit the more last action-oriented. One, the last one was more streamlined, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I, the I combat think if you is, were to, I, I find the combat on WoW more boring than the combat on uh, Dragon Age Three, for instance. Oh, oh yeah, no, 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 absolutely. The the combat on WoW is 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 extremely boring, and that's that was why I brought it up because it's a sixteen year old game that you're you're sort of starting to see not starting to see but you've already seen how like that's not engaging enough anymore yeah well, no one's asking us to make wow uh no the copy paste for this what i'm saying is no. you take the base elements of what they've already done right. like saying that they can't do it with dragon age because it's not a dragon age game sure you're going to piss off some of the faithful that have been single player rpg fans for a while but mm-hmm. what you would gain in new patrons with people that want to get something that feels more like other games they're playing in 2021 seems like a home run decision right it feels like a weird choice as the faithful you know fans of the ip and the format of those games in my case despite the combat because i really disliked it that much um you know either way i'm getting a game that i want it just feels like a weird decision it feels like another strange call from ea to do it this way here, uh, look, I mean, if you want my opinion, I think they're stupid for, you know, they're, they're just do stupid things regardless, right? But if you're going to tell me, uh, we're going to take away, uh, we, we can't get the, the multiplayer aspect together. So we're going to scrap that and we're going to double down and focus on the single player story. Then I say, fine, mm-hmm. at least you're giving me something good that I can be interested in and continue playing. You can give me DLC content, keep going story. That's why I play Dragon Age. I play Dragon Age for story. I don't want to ruin half assery though. Like, oh, but it's but you see you call it half faster because it's not giving you everything that no because you want. it's giving me half of what I want. <laughs> That's what half assery is. See, this is one of those problems with it's creating just, expectations, right? Like, because if they yeah. never modeled it as a games as a service, this conversation would never have happened. But now Hebrew and I have had the time to marinate with it and just go, oh, well, what if they do this? What if they do that? And now they just go, no, nah, it's going to be like. Yeah, uh, like the third one, but like with better graphics and shit. Like that's, you know, that feels where like it's Molinude. <laughs> You're getting Molinude basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at like least that. they're pulling it back near the start because that game doesn't yeah. feel like it's deep into production because every time we hear something about that game, it's like a little, you know, comic overlay graphic. There's no gameplay. There's no animations displayed. It feels like it's like pre-alpha build at this point. Yeah, I, I just so feel if- like it's lost potential. Like it, it's an IP that's, ripe to make it into that multiplayer space and they're just not doing it so if they were to make if if they were to make uh dragon age Mm -hmm. play a little bit more like mass effect Mm -hmm. like that to me feels like it would have lent itself a little bit better to having a you know games as a service or more of a multiplayer element Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think we'll ever agree on it because i I think that it would still be totally fine combat wise like i i think Mm -hmm. this game's totally fine for it but um yeah, like it. It is. It is what it is. Either way, we're not getting it because EA is garbage. You can tell your boss. <laughs> I said, "Fuck you." What? Wait, I don't work at EA. Oh, I thought you worked at EA. <laughs> not oh anymore. Jesus Christ! Are you new to Jesus, this podcast? Dude. He shamelessly plugs the WB every opportunity. Oh, that's, he gets. No, 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 that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. I you used, used to, to work, work for, for EA. EA. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you can tell your former yeah. boss. Yeah. I said, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, get in line, buddy. I flip the double birds all the time. <laughs> yeah. Unless, of course, they want to sponsor the show, in which case EA is just a fine. Oh, yeah. EA is great. Yeah. Great yes. decision. Go I'm EA. so glad that they decided to shift to a full single-player experience. It's funny how every, we say that so often as a joke, but like every time someone that we think is shady as fuck actually reaches out to sponsor we us, no. we go, fuck off, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. In the end, our morals went out, I guess. 
I don't know. If they were bringing that EA money, I'd have to question myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every time our morals runs out with small paychecks, <laughs> with big hey, paychecks. Hey, you want to you want to waste some money on a shitty production value? I have the home for your cash, folks. <laughs> it's right here. I will jump on stream wearing head to toe EA gear. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of shitty production values, uh, Defiance, the video game. Uh, I think we're gonna see a little bit of this over the next couple of weeks of. A lot of like companies that uh, have been engaged in games of service that is like looking to kind of bail out, I think was looking at Anthem and their decisions over there very closely. So I think you're going to see a lot of these old ones that have kind of been just barely hanging on just die. So did you guys ever play the Defiance MMO? No. No. Do you guys even know that property? <laughs> no. no. I know it's from a, from a Great movie. talk, guys. Um, <laughs> I know it's from a movie, but it's from a movie that I never saw. Also incorrect. It's a TV series. So TV uh, was on, <laughs> on sci-fi, yeah. So I actually really liked the world that they built uh, in that show. Uh, it only got three seasons. It got cancelled early. And they made the bold ambitions very early of linking the TV show with the game. So like the okay. game would kind of update with new episodes or at least every few episodes so that you kind of felt like you were very much playing in this same space. And it did start out that way. Like it was actually really cool. If you totally. liked the show... You could go in the game. You could, you know, really participate alongside it. But that ended up creating like weird issues. Like, for example, uh, the showrunners wanted to make it that, you know, in this post kind of, you know, apocalypse world where a lot of shit happened, it would make sense that people would ride horses as a main way of transport, you know, because, you know, technology would be harder to find, mm. etc. And the game developers actually said, yeah, no, nah, mate, like us animating fucking horses, we're not good at that. Um, like, what else you got? <laughs> so literally they changed the show because the guys in the game couldn't animate horses, right? That's that's kind of the cliff notes of what happened. So there was a lot of things like that. So the game was okay. The loot kind of sucked and was a bit confusing. That was the main fallout for that game. The story was fine. Like, if you like the game, if you like the show, you'd like the game story because mm. it was the same. Um, but not really enough to do with the end game. That was the same problem that so many of these have. So yeah, and well, even at its time, graphically, it was way behind other projects that were releasing at the same time. Yeah, that's a death card. But um, yeah, at least it that that was an interesting concept. I will say, like how it was writing alongside of the TV. Although it also creates the issue of if you know, its its destiny is tied to the likings of the TV. So if the TV show fails. Um, you're kind of fucked as, as the game maybe so well yes and no i mean that's like there's been a lot of shit stargate um shows since you know the ones that i loved but i would still like murder someone to get a stargate mmo so really do people care oh, about that absolutely. ip that much stargate like i don't know about people but it. i do <laughs> <laughs> interesting i saw it pop maybe up you on can Netflix get that the other day and I, I debated if i should give the first oh episode my a watch. god well, it's, uh, that's it. Once you well, the first, I'd say watch the first two episodes of SG One, or it might be one episode depending on how you're watching it, because it's like a two, it's like a two-hour kind of you know pilot, if you will, mm. and yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's really really good. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but not every episode's going like that. So that's gone, and uh, yeah, a few other minor ones have sort of mm -hmm. disappeared. So I'm still thinking a lot of organizations now they've seen EA do this. I think there's pressure on games like the Avengers now because you know they really have shit the bed as we talked about multiple times and they've yeah. finally got their guys march is the month we're gonna fix this uh -huh. right 
So I, I think the pressure is on these guys, probably from investors and Square Enix saying, okay, look, you know, we've given you the time now, we've given you money, you, you failed us miserably as far as return for investment. Like they've lost so much money on this project. And player base. With, yeah. Well, I mean, the play base is, is there. There is an installed play base because the game sold okay, but then mm-hmm. like fell off a cliff because people saw the uh, replayability value was yeah, just that's what I'm talking not about. there. There was yeah. a report that like yeah. the player base was abysmal compared to the the player rate that originally had during opening few like well it was trending so. really well people wanted to believe in this game and by that i mean we did um oh but, yeah we did. uh you know they just disappointed over and over so look in march they are doing three things that you know could save them potentially right so one is obviously bringing a new character so hawkeye i don't know if you're trying to save a game like is hawkeye the draw card that they need i'm gonna go with <laughs> hey spidey would have been better but sure um they also bring out their end game raid now i am going to be the i'm going to call my shot now they're going to miss the march time frame for that end game content for that one i don't oh, think yeah. they're going to do it on time yeah yep. sure. what i think will happen though is uh the next gen version for xbox yeah. and playstation which should have been out like in what december december yeah, it, yeah. it's already way late it's how late is yeah. it gonna be yeah but i am also willing to put any money that this version and this is what's going to cause the delays on the raids is the next gen version is going to be fucked and i think it's going to have issues like talking to the old version uh yeah i I completely agree with that i mean everything that they've ever done has been fucked so i'm not going to be surprised if this is going to be shit so let's let's talk about the let's talk about the changes so uh there is the playstation 4 playing it on ps5 and then there is obviously playing the PlayStation 5 as native. So you're going to be able yeah. to play, instead of 60 FPS at 1080p, uh, it's going to be up to 4K now, which I actually can't believe that option wasn't even built in because it says 4K mode is there, but obviously that's bullshit. But at yeah, best, not. maybe 30 frames, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So native 4K will be there. So it's going to look better, theoretically. Um, cross-gen matchmaking will be there. Cross-gen save file support will be there. Um, now, this is the hilarious thing. Faster load times, they're saying, will be in the PS4 and PS5, mm-hmm. but won't be in the native version of PS5. What? what the? I, it's literally, like, look at that link that I sent you in the show notes. It's the weirdest fucking thing to not have in there. It looks like they're actually saying load times will be longer if you're playing the PS5 version instead of playing the PS4 version on PS5. Look at it. It's literally the dumbest <sighs> thing I've ever heard in my life. I can These guys see are the kings of two steps forward, one step back. I man. guess it's because of like more maybe more like assets or some shit that they're having to put it's in. yeah you're pushing you're, you're pushing more resolution more details still more textures blah blah it's blah, also blah. one of the haven't... worst parts of this game is yeah. the load yeah. screens in Absolutely. between content right and yeah. then you when you then when the doors open again in that elevator that you've been on for an hour like let me ask this question <laughs> have you guys ever been like going somewhere going do you know what guys i cannot wait to get for that elevator trip between me and the thing that i really want to do who who gets, who gets the fuck excited about that? Yeah. No one. I mean, they need to be working on this as your future performance issue because, like, especially when you're having like a what is it a twelve mission deep hive, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got like what two to three minute load times in between each floor. Fuck Probably off. only to be welcomed to the same exact place you were just in the level before. Yeah, or a crash or no loot at the end, which has been <laughs> oh. the way it's been. 
Um, but then weirdly, they say afterwards, like significantly faster load times. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's like, there's so much like, you know, messaging they've got here that's so confusing. Uh, improved frame rates, high resolution, improved heroics and destruction. Uh, it says armor destruction. So it looks like as you get mm-hmm. beat up, maybe your armor gets a bit manky. That'd be cool if they could do it. Yep. Um, just a lot of sharpening, anisotropic, um, spatial audio, and the haptic feedback hooch. I don't know if I want that in Avengers. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little bit frustrated with the haptic feedback in general because it just makes your controller feel like it's broken when it's on the triggers. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. mind it. I, I've played uh, with it now a bit, and I, I don't mind it. I don't. It's I don't. Take like, a while to get used it. to it with Borderlands. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. I got used to it with Borderlands. So, but like I don't. It's definitely noticeable whenever you first have it. But um, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, I very quickly was like, oh, okay, whatever. So. <laughs> so do you think I'm being too dramatic when I say I think that this patch or the month of March kind of defines where they go with this? Like, I think if this no. fails, do you think Square Enix keeps sending the money until they, you know, make the game what they thought it would be? Yeah, I don't think you're being too too dramatic with that. They've had plenty of chances already mm-hmm. and just the game has not done what they expected it to do or what they had hoped it would do because they keep refusing to fix the one freaking thing that they need to do. Like, so to go back to the original point we were talking about, this game was designed as a live service to yeah. be able to have that support. You can't do that without without modeling some of the other games that have done that and have been successful. And they refuse, they outright refuse to do that. That's mm-hmm. why their game is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, if you're going to release repeatable content, you have to have loot. I don't know how many times you have said to. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. and also the fact, like, I've never seen a game constantly promise things and then constantly come short of their promises over and over and over again so like oh, i mean i, I, I think did you did you no 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 i've yeah. seen like, games do it i have not seen a game right. do it more often than this game and and as consistently um like terrible uh like follow-up on it but so did fable fable 2 and fable 3 deliver on everything molyneux promised well, no, but you know what the difference is? Is that they only failed on it once. They said that these things were coming. Whenever the game came out, it did not. And over here, they're like, oh, okay, this is coming. It's right around the corner, and it doesn't. And then they say, oh, wait, no, 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 it's coming, it's coming. It's coming right around the corner. No, it doesn't. Like, And, and it's about 20 different things, not just one different <laughs> So this is exponentially worse in my book. So Okay, so one game failing multiple times is not as bad as one franchise failing three times no because at the end of the day i was still had a satisfying experience with all those games okay except for the third one with what's <laughs> with uh, avengers i get yeah. shit all the way through that's the same exact thing over and over and over again but anyways the i was just gonna say like i think it's death is is inevitable like i think it's coming no matter <laughs> what even if they get this stuff out in time like i think that if they are just successful in this i think it will just delay the inevitable but so you can't think it. You think it can't be saved at all. It's just gonna I don't die. Think it, I don't think it will be saved at all. Yeah, I, I think that whatever player base bump they're gonna get from if they do it correctly, I think they're gonna get a bit of a player base bump. I don't think it's gonna be nearly enough, and I think that those people are gonna be gone very quickly because I don't think what it, do you you're think, gonna get a satisfying experience. What do you think like would happen if they tried to start timing release of characters? in conjunction with like things that are going on on like disney plus and the mcu so say in a fantastic world too far and few between 
Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, when we started the WandaVision thing or mm-hmm. even midway through, we have Wanda and we have Vision, mm-hmm. right? Or one of the two or something like that. Do you think that would have added any longevity? Or do you think, it, like, just the poor, just the game mechanics and everything else is just too much? I'm, I'm talking about this on well, top of adding Well, we've got some evidence that already better... with Kate Bishop that she's a, a really fun character to play. Probably one of the mm-hmm. more fun, uh, really, mm-hmm. of, uh, yeah. of those established characters. But... Um, not only did that not draw many people back, it drew extra criticism because you go in and all the new missions are exactly copy-paste of the old ones. So <sighs> we spoke about this on this podcast so many goddamn times that new characters isn't new content. For yeah, the developers, no. it feels that way because it's something they've spent time on and that they can potentially sell. But mm-hmm. to the player, if your gaming experience does not change at all when they release something then it's not realistically new content. And the base yeah. game, then, that's where the pressure is. Is there enough to do? Is it fun enough that you're willing to push through that shit or not um, to make it worthwhile? That, you know, playing in that new skin or new feel of character or your favorite, like a Spider-Man or, you know, Batman or whatever it is in the game you're playing is enough to overlook the fact that, you know, it's repetitive as fuck. And unfortunately with this game, it doesn't have the base flavor to just ride on that. Like, you know, yeah. they they release photos for like new costumes and shinies all the time on Twitter. And you look at people's responses. There's like three guys going, oh, looks so cool. I'm going to ask my mom to buy it for me. And everyone else <laughs> just like, fuck this game. Like fix the game, yeah. then sell me the skins. Like all your yeah. optimizations that you're doing is for the stores. You're making it easier for people to buy things, but you're not giving them reasons to actually want to log into the game. So look, mm-hmm. you know, uh, their, their time is coming, I think. Um, but, you know, even games like Destiny that we say is the model hooch, um, you know, they've been having some controversies this week with some sunsetting stuff as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've decided they don't, they're not going to sunset sunsetting anymore. Yeah. But anyway, well, I think yeah, that's a so, good thing, but yeah. Yeah, that, that, they're, they're doing a good thing with that because, yeah. you know, typically when they have a new weapon, they decide, all right, you know, we're going to have the guns and then the guns are going to go away. And I think changing that mindset is, is actually, it, it prevents things like players, like that sort of emergency kind of feel that, oh, I got to do it now. But it still gives people the well, opportunity to, too is a big yeah, thing that's true because you have to push hard in order to make sure you can get it. And then what if you get it like right before it gets sunset, then there's that disappointment. So, you know, removing that frustration is one good element of it. Uh, And so just for people that aren't familiar. So the basis of this is what they used to do is like once an expansion, they would say, all right, these weapons have been the focus for people for so long. We're just going to, you know, take them out of the game for now. That's basically what they were doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, Basically, they would limit the like they wouldn't take them out of the game necessarily. They would cap your power on it. So you wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to bring that gun up to the highest level power that's going to be for this expansion. So they would mm. they would neuter it, basically. Yeah, so. and there was a cheeky grind loop there as well because then what they do is like the next expansion or whatever, they bring that gun back and you could bring it up to the, the latest power level if you'd unlocked it previously by spending a currency that was grindable. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of that loop that was built into the treadmill. I don't remember. I don't remember that, but I haven't played the most recent expansion, really. So neither have I. Um, but that was in Osiris. They brought back some weapons uh, where you had to like grind them out again if you wanted them again when they unlocked them a second time. Yeah, it might have changed. Yeah, yeah, you still have to. You mean like you still have to? Um, whatever you call it, grind out for the uh, new ones. Like you still have to grind out, like you know, to increase your power level there. But yeah, I'm not sure if if you could still use them or not before. But that's. 
that's interesting here now how they currently do it is they yeah they cut off the power limit to what it currently was um or what it previously was rather for the expansion where you got that weapon and now it's all about the new guns and people were getting upset because you got grind fatigue a and b people like their old guns and then they were like why can't i use the gun i like so um, they've decided mm. to stop doing that. Now you can just use whatever gun you want. You just have to increase it to, you know, the new power level whenever the caps come out. So I think it's a great, like it, it's, it's more choices for the people and it makes you feel better about putting in so much fucking time into something and still being able to use it. So, um, cause I mean like re-rolls on, on item specific perks is a thing there. And so, like, it, it feels really shitty whenever you get, like, the perfect one and you've been, you know, farming it for so long. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm glad they're doing this. Now, we talked a lot about, like, remakes and, like, you know, taking games to, you know, be up to modern standards and that sort of thing. I think what we're seeing more of a trend recently is people who want to bring back games uh, without really having to touch them is porting them to Switch. <laughs> it seems to be a good play. Yeah. You don't have to worry oh about the God, graphics. Yes. People just want to be able to play yeah things on a handheld and i think it probably is a great place to have those experiences like have your nostalgia there because in a handheld like it's a lot harder to pick out all the graphical nonsense if you're in the right. handheld mode especially um yeah so yeah one of those games exactly so one of those games is republic commando uh is making a return on april the 6th to the switch what do you guys think of the way that port looks on the uh, nintendo announcement looks like a port <laughs> um yeah, I mean, not bad. Like, I never played the original Republic Commando, so... Um, oh, I was saying, see what you think of it then, if you get it for the Switch. Yeah, I mean, I I, I might I might get it and give it a shot. Depends on, really, like, what the player base is like. So, if it has a, a fairly big player base um, attached to it, then, yeah, I'll, I'll probably give it a shot, just because it's Star Wars. So It's a single-player game, uh, isn't it? Is it? I, I think it looked so. like it was multiplayer on the video. Is it not? I mean, maybe it is, but I always thought it was this, more of a single-player narrative experience is the way that I remembered it. Yeah, a lot of those games in that era, in that era of the Star Wars games were like, like single-player things. That's, that is admittedly a huge gap mm-hmm. in my gaming experience because like when all that stuff was coming out, the Dark Forces, the Republic Commando, the mm-hmm. X-Men versus uh, TIE Fighter, like I skipped all of that stuff. I didn't actually play it until I think it was... Uh, Jedi Knight 2 okay. I think is when I came kind of back to it but like I didn't play any of that other stuff so Republic Commando is definitely one of those that's up there I don't know if I'm going to pick it up because I don't know if I need to go back to that I guess it mm. depends really like, on the cost I would love to see a, a new FPS uh, in that style of game especially with the popularity of the Clone Wars too like I think this, you could you know True. having a game where you could play as someone like Rex or a squad based shooter where you could be some of the five oh first or something. Like it would make so much sense to make yeah. that game. But as far as wanting to go back and play that one, I had fond memories of what it was back then, but not to the point where I want to play it again now. Yeah, I just looked it up and yeah. it does not so it did have a multiplayer mode whenever it originally came out apparently. Does not mm-hmm. have a multiplayer mode in the Switch. They're just porting over the single player. So you're right. Yeah. It's just a single and it's not a flat port. They are making a couple of improvements to make it feel more like an FPS that would be on a handheld in 2021. So getting rid of a lot of the jank yeah. that they would yeah. have had uh, that you would feel from just a flat out port. So, but I wouldn't expect much past that. Like, I don't think we're going to see too many overtunes, but some of those older yeah. Star Wars narrative games were fine just the way they were. And if the price is right, I think that'll mm-hmm. be fine. If this is a full retail game, I wouldn't buy it. If I saw it in the store there for like 10, 15, 20 bucks, maybe. 
If yeah. it's ten bucks, I'll buy it. Anything above ten, honestly, I'm probably not going to buy it. Yeah, fair play. So April sixth, oh, if you want see. that one. Um, now, one of you said it was nice to have a week where there was no dickhead of the week. Uh, this is where we proved that was wrong. Me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> oh, that's right. you must have seen this story in your fine United yeah. States of America, uh, where another politician has to pull his head out of his ass because they do not understand that video games are not causing people to do dumb shit. So. We have this asshole right now. What city was it, Hooch? Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what city it was off the top of my head. It's probably somewhere in the South. <laughs> no, uh, Chicago. Chicago. Okay, even weirder choice. So Republican yeah. Marcus Evans I know. is my nominated fuckwit for this week. Yeah. So they've seen a massive spike yeah. in carjacking recently. Okay. And they've basically gone, oh, you know what's to blame here? Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, my people are definitely thinking that it's more acceptable to steal a car and that, like, you know, we're being, what do you call it? When you become accustomed to something. What's um, that? Oh, uh, conditioned? Normalized? Yeah, or, yeah, conditioned to basically just not be as affected by seeing carjackings and it's more, you know, acceptable somehow. And saying that these games create <laughs> psychological harm to people and that the only reason we're getting more of this is because of that. Therefore, we need to ban violent video games. Even though yeah. the psychological <laughs> research shows there is no fucking link between those two things. And yeah, let's yeah. look at it here, right? How do you do a carjacking? You tend to need a gun, right? <laughs> let's not look at that, guys. It can't be the guns. Oh, no. no, definitely not, right? Okay. No. Could there be anything, I don't know, anything that maybe happened in 2020, 2021 that maybe made people feel a little bit more desperate that they might try and steal a fucking car? Yeah. I yeah, kind of. Got that big old about. pandemic thing happening. So. Jesus Christ, man. Like the way these guys will bend over backwards to try and come at, you know, video games. It's always these boomer twats. Like, honestly, I'm going to oh, run yeah. on an anti-boomer twat platform. In, back in Australia, it's gonna move home. Let's go. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Yeah, but here's the here's the thing. I look. Why now for GTA Five? How old is that game? I know. I mean, is it just everybody is now all of a sudden because we're stuck at home? We're like I'm all these impressionable kids look ago. at GTA Five and go, "Oh, the graphics yeah. on that is so dated." Well, if it's not <laughs> Fortnite, fuck off. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. That, it is. It is for sure. Like a, a weird. Well, I suppose, like, for people that don't understand, uh, like, really games in general, I, I think that to them it makes logical sense um, that one would be connected to the other. And so that's why they just refuse to believe it whenever they hear science to the contrary, regardless yeah. of but the fact the that thing, it's science. This is the conversation that came up with me and my wife this week because I got mm -hmm. so angry about this. And while we're having that conversation, do you know what my wife was watching? What? Hmm. A documentary about serial killers on Netflix oh, yeah. that was mm -hmm. like seven episodes of going through. It was a step by step roadmap of if you want to be a serial killer and possibly avoid getting caught, here's how you do it. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we've seen in that documentary of the one that she was watching, it was showing how that guy was inspired by the stories of other serial killers that they had made movies and TV shows about. So why uh -huh. they always come back to goddamn video games as the exception for, well, that's the step too far, I do not understand. 
you know, because you're it's not because seeing they people. don't understand. Yeah, like I think that yeah. for like their parents, because th- this was a similar thing that happened before with TV, where mm. they were always blaming like their generation's parents were blaming TV for the for the violence for their children. Now that they're grown up, the boomers have grown up. Yeah, they're blaming it on video games because that's the medium that's most consumed by their children. I reckon so, there's per- something personal in it for this guy. I reckon a Republican Marcus or Representative uh, Marcus Evans Jr. from Chicago mm-hmm. probably has like a 36-year-old son that won't move the fuck out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's definitely <laughs> just like, you know what? I'm going to take the video games away from you. He's like, you can't do that, Dad. I bought it. It's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go to <laughs> the legislation to the of this course. goddamn nation. I'll make sure that no one gets to play it. You can move anywhere and you still can't waste your life on these goddamn video games. You know, yeah. that's next level. And honestly, Fuck that you, word Dad. you're looking That'd for. That'd make more, more sense. <laughs> <laughs> the word you're looking for was desensitized. Yes, it yes, was. Desensitized. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I had three hours sleep last night because of my kids. Right. So, I mean, English is hard for me today. I mean, I'm a strain. English is hard for me every day. So. <laughs> well, I mean, none of us came up with it. My brother had to send it to me. So, thank I you. Agree. Yeah. At least all we right. all came up with synonyms because I, I said normalize and you said conditions. So, it yeah. <laughs> That's that noise that guy made in uh, The Bionic Man. All right. Sony had their February State of Play event. Uh, they basically talk about some of the things that are coming up. Uh, Returnal, April 30th, they've said. I'm willing to say it's going to get bumped another time. Probably. Damn, really? I think so. I think okay. so. Yeah. Right. Looking at how dead uh, they went recently with their PR stuff, I'm really wondering what's going on now because mm. they were so active on their Twitter and they had these YouTube things where they're like, all right, guys, here's this amazing feature in deep diving for like an hour. Like I was loving what they were doing and seeing how the sausage was made. And then it just stopped. And that was like before the first delay, not the second. So yeah. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I, I really want to play that game. And, uh, you know, especially because there is a bit of a dry spell right now, unless it's Nintendo. Nintendo's having a good couple of months um, with good games. So I really want to see that. Crash Bandicoot 4 is more Crash Bandicoot, you know? Yeah. Um. Knockout City is an interesting game. What do you guys think of uh, this footage? Uh, I'm not a fan. I actually thought it was pretty cool. Like, uh, I'm, a, I'm kind of a fan. I think that it's going to be fun to be able to throw balls and shit at people and watch them get knocked out. Yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely like next level dodgeball. It actually looks like in Elite Battle Angel. It kind of looks like that game oh, yeah. uh, that they play, like on the skates yeah. and the dodgeballs and that sort of stuff. Um, I still think there's a misbeat here. Like, if you just had have made this like dodgeball the video game, as in the Will mm-hmm. Ferrell movie, oh, <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. If they would have done it at that time, I think it would be a big deal. I, I think now, like, there's even a newer generation that it probably caters to that this game probably caters to the most that wouldn't get the joke. I think at this point. But, I mean, um, if there is yeah. not a character whose special move is throwing a wrench at someone, bro, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it looks, I think it looks like a blast, and it seems like they've done a good job with uh, trying to make you be able to have fun with your friends. Like, I'm not sure if you guys saw on the on the thing, but like, you can turn into a ball that your friends can shoot as well. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like it just looks funny whenever the people get hit and then they fly up in the air. So I'm honestly gonna play it just for that aspect of it. So I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm worried it. this is. I'm worried this is gonna be like another Arms, where on paper and like kind of initially it looks really good. But at the end of the day, there's just it just doesn't really stand up, and there's kind of no longevity and real reason to continue playing it 
for a long period of time. I mean, well, it has that bigger... Um, I don't remember, did ARMS... Because I, I didn't play it. I'm just going off of the footage that I saw on the uh, Smash reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it more than one... More than like like two players playing at one time in an arena for ARMS? I thought you could have teams in ARMS. Okay. I, I ju- uh, I ju- maybe it was just two players against the computer. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, like you, you could be right. I, I could... I could see this being a, easily being a failed experiment. Um, yeah. But I, I it also has all the same beats on. as Rocket League too. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that if you do this right, you could definitely appeal to, you know, people. There's probably overlap between like Tony Hawk style fans. Like I see a lot of this in the, the way this gameplay sort of looks with like, you know, tricks and shit you can do. Yeah. And then a lot of mechanics of, you know, things like Rocket League where, you know, you do have the ball mechanics and, uh, all that traditional sort of soccer-ish kind of play, I suppose. So that um, that, yeah. that kind of like easy to kind of jump into, but then there's nuance as far as getting to that next yeah. level. Easy to play. Hard yeah, I think if you don't overcomplicate this game, I think if, if the simplicity is there and you can bring in kids, and it becomes one of those games like you know, uh, you know, you and your son, or you can play with your dad type structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where the winning recipe would be. If they try and make it too complex and you know, really get up their own ass about it. I think that it won't do too well in the long term. And then I think skins for this, it goes without saying, is probably so unbelievably important. Or, you know, new characters that are so engaging to make the game feel fresh. Because these games, like the base game doesn't really change. They might do some more modes here and there. But if the core gameplay is there, you know, it will age out and you need a reason to keep it fresh. So... You know New what that is. And cosmetics. That's the bread and butter. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So if the core's there, they'll need that. So look, who knows? Well, uh, it's going to have maps. cross play. That's going to help it because that was the, the, let's face it, Rocket League did so well because it was one of the very, very few games that would actually be uh, cross play across almost yeah, any platform. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think you have to have it now. So May 21st, because we'll see that. Uh, Sifu, a new sort of style of brawler, yeah. which looks like the Daredevil fighting in the corridor as a video game. Basically, dude, this looked the, awesome. There was that, and then I guess there's they're showing a mechanic where if you die, you get older. Like now, you age. It, yeah, I was wondering if that was the case, or whether it's basically it was just trying to show that you were going to play through various stages of this guy's life in the story. It could go yeah. either way. Mm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but it, I mean, I liked the art style. I thought it was really cool looking um, mm. I'm, and I'm definitely, I, I want to see more of this. So I, I, and it's, it seems like it's different enough, right? Yeah. I, I thought it looked yeah. so fucking cool, dude. I honestly, I yeah, like the art style, the combat, that trailer didn't really sell me on it. Um, it Same looks a bit more like an old schooly brawler. That's fine. Well, yes you, and no. Like with some of the clunk <laughs> that old brawlers used to give us, you know, where it, was, oh. it doesn't have that fluidity of like a like an Arkham game, for example. Mm-hmm. Like we can kind of go from one to the other, which I think like a Kung Fu, especially in like a hallway type brawler, if that's what they're going to try and do, which is a great concept. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be able to like punch in any direction or kick or throw or transition out. And, you know, how they do that, I think will be a very important part of whether people love this game or just go mm, you know you'll like it if you were there originally um for those older style of games or it won't add up you know i, I want a jackie chan corridor brawler well like, i mean could you imagine oh calmar and chat kind of nailed it and it looks like uh, like that scene from old boy 
Uh, have you guys ever seen Old Boy, by the way? I've not. Uh, did I, wait, did I see that scene, though? I think somebody pointed Dude, out that, that scene. Dude, that scene is that. amazing. So, like, he <laughs> he goes out of an elevator, beats the crap out of these guys. He's, like, basically working his way up an office building on a murdering spree with a hammer. Like, goes up, ultimately, like, wins upstairs, but then, like, fights his way back down, then realizes, oh, shit, I forgot my hammer, and then goes back <laughs> up again. <laughs> it's just, but the combat, the fighting That's scene funny. is so goddamn good. It's ruthlessly violent, but it is honestly one of the uh, the greater type things. Like, I, I kind of agree with Kelmar in the sense that I think it's inspired a lot of things. Um, like, not only this game, but for me, those fight scenes in Daredevil, uh, yeah. or even in The Punisher, where they were very up close and personal, very closed um, corridors, was 100% inspired by that scene. Uh, yeah. It's really good. If you don't watch Old Boy, just type in uh, Old Boy Office or Elevator scene, and uh, yeah, you'll get a okay. feel for it. It's just overwhelming odds and just a dude with a hammer, so... Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna not a, not a Thor hammer, sure. by the way. I mean, like a normal, <laughs> actual ass hammer. just a hammer. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a you. hammer putting in nails. Yep. Yeah. All right, Solar Ash, uh, 3D platformer was announced there as well. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Well, it it was from the team that made Hyperlight Drifter, which I never actually played. But the the concept of this one seems to be like it's all about the speed and traversing uh, throughout the various parts of the level. Mm-hmm. with interesting mechanic it feels to me almost like what mirror's edge wanted to be kinda i mean it's not it's not going for like let's be the most graphically intensive thing ever thing that no. uh mirror's edge tried to do but there's no. definitely some elements in it i think there's a lot yeah. of games sort of out there like this at the moment so i don't know there was much that from solar ash that i went dude i need to play this game like yesterday um yeah it almost feels like a 3D platformer of a 2D runner, right? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. I, I just get I get a, an arcadey vibe. Um, yeah. But in a very it's but it's very high paced. Like that's where mm-hmm. the like runner, you know, style that you were talking about comes in because it looks yeah. very high paced and uh, kind of like cartoon arcadey. So yeah, I mean it's it's interesting enough for me to play, but. If it's got a big price tag attached to it, then I probably won't. Like, I think, yeah, I think for a lot of that games, these games and games like this, it all boils down to what do they want us to pay for? It? Exactly. Like, if this was thirty bucks, then I would, I would do it. Mm-mm. Anything above thirty, I don't, I don't think I'll do it. I have to like watch more about it. But from what I see so far, it definitely. Looks well, the new part of that conversation is: is it going to a Game Pass? So, yeah, so <laughs> if it goes true. to a Game Pass, a lot of these games that wouldn't have got picked up, it's just like, oh, definitely playing it. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, because yeah, this is a prime example of of why that is such a good um, idea for them to do. Because if this was on Game Pass, I would one hundred percent play it. One hundred percent. So, yeah. Um, there's a new Five Nights at Freddy's game. Uh, Odd World Soulstorm comes out April the sixth. I'm skipping through this because I really want to spend some time talking about this one, which is Kenna yeah. Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, dude. Yes. Oh, which wanna- looks like a playable Pixar movie. As I think whoever wrote the show notes of you guys absolutely hit that on the head. It kind of looks like that Raya and the Last yep. Dragon. That's uh, the exactly video what game. I was thinking. Looks yeah. rad, man. I, yeah. I, I, this came out of nowhere. I had no idea this was a thing. Right? 
Yeah. And when I saw that trailer kick in, like, oh, this looks interesting. And then they started to go more and expand into a bit more. And that was my first thoughts. Like, this is like playing a damn Pixar movie because of the graphics, the style. And that was immediately what I thought was like, Ryan the Last Dragon. Is this what this is? And then it was Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Like, oh, okay. This looks, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but did you guys see the Unreal 5 engine trailer? Yeah, I thought we all saw it. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we probably did, I guess. But I feel like this this looks very similar to that, honestly. Uh, oh, you think so? I, I think really? if I if, this looks way I'm, more and, Disney than that, yeah, like it looks a lot more kitty. Yeah, unless I'm I misremembering thought, it terribly, I feel like it had the same kind of vibe, actually. But um, I thought the Unreal Five one was more real life, but same. I think I know where you're going with it, though. Um, maybe I'm misremembering it because I, I don't know. It didn't look. Um, it kind of reminded me of this one. That was my instinctual, uh, you know, like secondary comparison whenever that happened. So maybe I'm just misremembering it. But either way, okay. I do think like this does look Pixar-y and I think it looks really fucking cool. Like yes. Raya the Dragon, like as you said, like I'm getting a lot of those vibes. It looks fucking sick. And now this mm-hmm. is a game I'll I'll pay top dollar for, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> give me that shit right now and I will You pay know you've it. done yeah. a trailer right when all three of us have gone, like knowing fuck all about this game, just going, gonna buy it. Yep. You like, could have shown yeah. me any any ten seconds in that trailer, you could have shown me and it I was looked really yes. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Wukong, that Wukong game. Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. There are a few games that are able to snap you up that quick and, and Wukong and this are, are two of them, yeah. Because not yeah. only does it look visually like stunning, but the mechanics look really slick. Like it looks mm-hmm. like because what was that one we're looking at recently where it advertised itself as like a kung fu game with that raccoon thing? Um, oh. You know what I'm talking about? The one that I said looked kind of British inspired, and we said it looked like a PS3 game. Oh crap! Mm, I don't remember. I don't Let's say yes. Uh, either way, like you look at that. To, you look at that to this, and that that made that game look so much worse because this looks like a game for like a PS5. Like it looks yeah. like bringing that style of battler to a ps5 so look yeah if you haven't seen the trailer kenna k-e-n-a bridge of spirits check it out it's it looks awesome like i cannot wait to see more news about this game and i didn't know about it yesterday but now if it doesn't come out within 2021 i'm furious right it's that kind of <laughs> that kind of excitement yeah, that's so true at the same, yeah it's, it's <laughs> you showed Bliss, this to me blissfully unaware it to me now? yeah i was blissfully unaware as of a few hours ago but now I'm i know <laughs> now i'm instantly entitled yeah now 100%. it's everyone else's so, problem <laughs> yeah so if they don't but be, but they have to be careful if they don't give uh everybody what they want who's going to be pissed and shit all over the developer. Well, if if you uh, give me all right, this game doesn't look like it should have a multiplayer experience to it. But so, anyways, um, Deathloop. Uh, they got some, <laughs> some more info out about that. I mean, yep, that's still coming. I just want to see that out now. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of talking about like they keep selling it in these different ways, and they keep saying that you're going to be able to solve these missions in so many different ways. So many games have promised this before. I really want to see this game do what it keeps promising it's going to do. So uh, I'm going to get it when it comes out. But yeah, really hope that uh, these delays have been worth uh, the extra time spending on really fine-tuning those mechanics. And then, of course, Final Fantasy VII, uh, the remake Integrate. Uh, This whole thing is complicated, Hooch, in the sense that uh, there's a PS4 to PS5 upgrade. It's free Mm -hmm. for people, we think. But then there's this complication added in where it looks like they're giving away the Final Fantasy VII game as one of the free month games for, was it March or is it May? Yeah, for March, March, right? For March, yeah. But then there's a conversation that I cannot confirm that says that if you want the PS5 upgrade, though, you have to pay for it. 
Yeah, that's kind of odd. Like, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but the information that we got was that like it's the upgrade is free if you already have the PS4 disc version of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like that seems kind of crappy because a lot of people bought that digitally because they yeah. weren't they weren't going to be like, oh, I'm actually. They didn't know there was going to be a PS5 upgrade at that point in time. They just bought the game because they felt that the digital copy was the one they wanted, myself included. See, this is not a terrible idea, though. Like, I mean, if you're going to bring these games out and you want to try and go toe-to-toe with Game Pass, but you still want to try and make some money, it's saying, all right, here's the deal, man. I'm going to give you the PlayStation 4 version of this brand-new-released, massively-hyped video game right now for free. But if you want the premium one, you got to pay an extra 10 bucks or something for the PS5. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Well, Kalmar saying that the disc version was very hard to find. Oh shit! Really? Well, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. they're rewarding that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Still. It's it's kind of weird, but I mean, it's quite ambitious what they seem to be doing with this Final Fantasy VII remake because I think yes. it's the first game I've seen in a long time where the word remake a hundred percent is legitimately what that word is. <laughs> Everyone is else goes remake. remake, just going. Well, it used to be a thousand pixels. Now it's uh, eleven hundred. So remake. You know, no, um, <laughs> no yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a remaster, it's a full remake. Like, what they're trying mm-hmm. to do with this, the guys have been saying that they're like, I think it was Jackie in chat before, was saying they've taken what was a two hour segment of the original game and fleshed that out into a 20 hour experience. Which, yeah. uh, if you love Final Fantasy VII, you must be in love with the idea of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and with well, entirely and also, new elements, he said as well. So. And new game, new game systems as well, right? Yeah. They expanded See, on some cool, of the man. controls and some of the combat that was in there. So it, I mean, it to, to me that just seems like definitely like calling. What it I remake, love is, it is the remake. nerd battles that this no doubt must be exploding. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like because <laughs> you have the purists going, no, I I want exactly the same experience that I had twenty years ago. It's like, well, go play that then, dickhead. Like this is yeah. the remake. <laughs> this is us expanding that, making it into a new generation, better graphics, new game yes. mechanics. Like we're making this better, 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 better. Um, it's amazing how two camps always get provided out of this. Like it would have been like you know Diablo two if they had to change that. I'm sure Hebrew would be writing. I'd probably be like, do you know what that did have a couple of flaws I'd love to see tuned up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's, th- that's the key there. It's the difference between a remake and a remaster. This is a remake. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what Diablo two is. It's a remaster. Exactly. It's a exactly. Remaster. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think that they did a really good, I think like, this idea that they decided to do it with final fantasy seven, especially because final fantasy seven is like, I think like the crux of uh, the final fantasy series, like everyone knows mm-hmm. it and everything kind of expanded from that point. Because that's when kind of everyone got on board. I'm, I might be punching above my weight here on my on my knowledge. Well, I, I need to call that obviously <laughs> but, I have a I have a massive exposure here. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I pride myself on being a nerd, but I always admit in areas where I'm weak. I've never really played the Final Fantasy series. I've said it many times. The only Same, game I looked yeah. at on paper and I went, "Holy shit, do I want to play that?" Based on the trailer, was actually the trailer we saw last year for Final Fantasy 16, the next one that's going to come mm-hmm. out because it looks awesome. But I will say, looking at this final fantasy 7 looking at the trailers some of the gameplay that's come out i actually kind of want to play it and now now it's the age-old debate where you kind of get the i don't want to miss out on anything important i don't want to not understand so it's like do i have to play through the first original six to get to this point or can i just jump oh God, into seven no. and do it you know I, what i mean no I yeah think, you don't have to. i think that this is a because i'm kind of with you on that one i've, I've played 10 and i played a little bit of 13 i think it was 
um, and tend like I didn't get much from it because I didn't have that context. But I think mm-hmm. in this case, like seven, I think it really is like once you've seen seven, then things really start to make sense. I think that's the oh, case. God, no, but Play, the, that's that's the not the, the case. Final- no, the thing about the Final Fantasy franchise, I think like maybe one and two, like early on, some of them were close. But once you start getting up, they're all different. Seven's different from eight, which is different from nine. I think the only the only ones that are the same are like when you go to ten and ten two, because they have some of the same characters. Like if it's the same character from the previous game, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's it's an extension or it's a continuation. But for the most part, every single one is totally different. Really? Just, okay. It's just the next version. It's just the next game in that franchise. I thought there was was like an overarching story to the. Or, no, there's not. No. Huh. Yes, they can't. They can't call it a Final Fantasy and be actually final. They keep coming out with more. There's your <laughs> overarching story. It's either, not final. Either way, I think that this yeah, is Final Fantasy sounds a... like you dreaming of how you're going to go out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that this is more of a like let's look up you know the story on YouTube for an hour long video rather than play through all the previous ones. That's you don't be need my to. Route Tr- Trust me, you don't need to look up any of them. I'm still going to do it just in case. And, okay. And I'll be able to then see if you are correct or not on your Okay. Your take on this. <laughs> <laughs> have fun. Like, let, let, let me put it this way. So you have Final Fantasy 14, which is the MMO, uh-huh. and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 15, which just came out a couple of years ago. Different. Mm-hmm. And now, they're the only two that I've played. I played the MMO. <laughs> it was a kind of a easy to bounce off MMO, but that 15, yeah. stunning game. Like, that world mm-hmm. was gorgeous. The combat was actually pretty fun. But I get overwhelmed by all the stuff that I do not understand what's going on because it's like a million side quests. <laughs> yeah. yes. And like I looked at, because I, you know, being a completionist in games like that, like I kept on doing the side quests. And then I think I was like 40 hours or something in and I was like not even in act two or some shit. Like it was, yeah, they're phenomenally massive games and I think you need yes. to be really into it. Like their style of comedy is kind of really... Um, Oh, what's the best way to put it? Like really kind of like cheesy anime when they go for it like that. I mean, mm-hmm. the waifu uh, porn is everywhere in those games. I mean, good God. Like a lot of it's about the waifu <laughs> porn or the husbando porn for that matter. The husbandos, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of shirtless lads in there as well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, just, I didn't understand enough about the world or care about it enough to keep going. Like just like you know, yeah, people I go, fell into that oh my God, well. it's a, what is it? Chocobo? What the hell are those things called? Chocobos. Chocobos. What, what's the original word for that? There's no way the Japanese pronunciation is like what you guys do. Chocobo. Uh, choco, chocobo. Chocobo. I don't know what the I don't know what the original racist. is, but why is what? it racist? Damn, <laughs> I just want to throw it out because <laughs> I sounded like one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. dude. No, it's the fact that you said you sounded like one. <laughs> if you have to get offended, oh Jesus Christ! Don't do that. You're falling Every time someone all. tries to be an Australian, come on, let's not play this fucking game. There's a difference between being racist and trying to do an impression of a fucking word, right? Do you guys know any Japanese? No, fuck you. Yes, I do. All right, come on. What do you got? Uh oh, you mean like like actual Japanese? No, okay. I thought you meant like Japanese people. So, um. <laughs> oh God, uh, why would I say that? <laughs> I don't know. You're an idiot. Um, right. I I uh, no any Japanese I know was lost a long time ago. I used to know how to count to ten, and that's gone. Yeah, it- just a just a great there's story. there's some there's some cultures that are just like. No one will ever feel bad about um, saying anything about like, I mean, Australians are one of them. 
Uh, I would say like oh, red absolutely. Necks, rednecks are one too. <laughs> like no one gives a shit. About oh, rednecks get upset when you do it though. No, Australians more yeah. so. We take the piss out of every other nationality on the planet. And because that's the thing is Australia, you're so isolated everyone else. Everyone else's accent fascinates you. That's why I think Australians, <laughs> like they've always got one or two impressions of other either characters or nationalities they do really well because it's just, they sound so different to us. What about, what about yeah. the Kiwis? Do they get mad at it? Do the Kiwis get mad when we take the piss out of their accent? When, when anyone takes the piss out of their accent. Uh, uh, probably. Sure I think most so people, Australia. though. I think a lot of people like the New Zealand accent from overseas, though. I a lot love of people it. Think it's I adorable. Love, yeah, exactly. I love. Yeah, it. but no. When an Australian's doing it, no, they get pissed off. <laughs> oh, <that's interesting. laughs> yeah. All right. We like should probably is, get back on topic. Hey, I'm sorry for okay, pulling this That's off. our accent. <laughs> well, we would have never gone to Korgs. That would have looped back around to. I was gaming. about that's to go fun. there. Yeah, I was about to ask <laughs> you to do the accent. Actually. <laughs> so anyway, PSVR two. Uh, is not what it's going to be called, but it was kind of announced on the back of this uh, Sony event. Uh, so they are saying that an active PS5 next-gen VR headset is now in production uh, with a new controller. It'll be a single cable setup. And uh, yeah, I will be interested to see what the output will be on this. Because I think if they get the headset right, this might actually be a pretty good access point to VR for a lot of people. Because yeah. like buying a whole computer can be obscenely expensive but if this is going to get you up to because processing power hooch this should have the build to be able to get close to some of that 4k uh in headset experience if they do it right i think so but I th the biggest thing with vr is your resolution is one thing but it's the refresh rate that's what really makes you sick if you don't do it right if it drops so, below 30 100 like 60 is yeah. obviously better but i mean the fact that they can do 120 frames at 4k in the hardware natively not on vr obviously because that's a little bit different because you're running two screens uh admittedly in a tighter resolution but it's doable i think on the hardware on paper it should be but it depends on what the yeah. headset's going to be are they going to go entry point like they did with psvr1 so that people mm -hmm. can experience vr but not the greatest vr or are they going to go the deep end uh, and, you know, try and, you know, rival this crazy headset that Apple's working on, you know? Or do well, they release a premium at an entry point? Who knows? I mean, there was... Is it um, going to... Uh, as someone that, that had the PSVR, like, I, I will say, like, the cost of it versus the cost of an Oculus is not that much of a difference. And... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, so, like, mm. they, I really don't think that they had an excuse for the PSVR being as bad as it was, like... I had the piece, I was shocked at the difference between the PSVR and the Oculus that I now have. And mm -hmm. the biggest difference for me was tracking. Tracking on the PSVR is fucking terrible because it uses light, the light system. And yeah. so it can so easily get lost. So my biggest thing is they need to fix that shit because that has to go. If they fix that, then I think that they have legs to stand on. Oh, they still have d definitely some mm. other, other stuff to work on as well. But I think that's the, the biggest issue. Um, well, the new sure. camera changes a lot of that in mm -hmm. the sense that um, you do have uh, like 4K resolution coming through from that potentially. Uh, and they've got like inbuilt things into the software and the way the camera reads to the PS5 anyway. Like, for example, if you want to stream with the PS5 camera, uh, you can actually naturally do things like, you know, cropping and cutting out. You can tell the camera to look for certain things and it's much better at it. Like I actually went through because uh, I saw a good deal on Amazon there last week and um, bought the PS5 camera. And I was surprised oh. how 
uh, intuitively it actually runs. Like if you were a first time Twitch streamer uh, and you just want to basically want to plug and play and have it tune it up, like with a lot of things you would normally have to spend time on like Streamlabs OBS just to get started. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, right? It'll, it'll crop out, it'll cut, it'll refocus. You can chroma key just using Ooh. the inbuilt software. You don't actually have to put green screens or shit up. Is it perfect? Of course not, because it's software driven, not hardware. But yeah. I'm, I was actually really surprised at how much work the camera does. So if they really build it to work with that, it could be pretty good. As far as the price point goes, I mean, the PSVR was one of the earlier uh, headsets that came out as well. So, I mean, things like the Oculus Quest have certainly had the ability of time to mm-hmm. like get significantly better. The original Oculus was way more expensive, wasn't it? Compared to the yeah. PSVR. Yeah. Because at its time, it was the budget model. It's just everyone saw what PSVR did and went, shit, we need to make something like that. We need to build something more affordable. And then by that time, tech was much cheaper for the same you know, equivalent. So yeah, I agree with you that PSVR didn't age well, but at its time, it was the accessible point that to be honest, I think you've got to give credit to, it helped VR with install base to get enough people interested to keep it going. And uh, also the Sony exclusives. They actually did have quite a few games that you could only play on there either at the time, some of them were timed exclusives, or some of them you just couldn't play anywhere else. I think we're about to get one of them free in March, actually. Farpoint. Wasn't that the big one they they had? I don't know. I never owned a PSVR, but I did have a, a, a Oculus right. Rift. So, But yeah, that's the... the so but my question, though, is like, does it come in... The Quest, I guess, is considered like the low end for the Oculus. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the Quest line. Well, I don't think that's the case because the Quest actually has the same stats as the Rift, but it's also wireless. So okay. it can be wireless and it can be hooked up to become a Rift, a full fledged Rift. Yeah, got it. Okay, okay. That's the one. Yeah, that's that's the one I have. That's the one I will say. That's a surprising thing. Like trying to make a headset right now, a new one, and not make it wireless optional. Like the fact they've already said, oh, it's only going to be a single cable, and making that a selling point because the amount of fucking cables used to run out of that other thing was just it, ridiculous, exactly terrible. Yeah, uh, and a heavy headset, you know, compared to some of the new ones as well. Um, I'm surprised they're not going instantly there. But then again, maybe they're just keeping their you know toes in the water. But I I think what they really need to do here is lean into their first party. Like if you have first party games for PSVR 2, like let's say that they have like you could play VR Horizon. Mm -hmm. Like that would be sick. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The um, I I think like one one big thing here just to go back to the tracking, because like even with a really good camera, like the big thing is like, you know, whenever you're in VR, like you want to be able to turn all the way around. A, the wires didn't help with that. But B, mm-hmm. whenever you turned like all the way around from the camera, it would totally lose track of you. It would only be like spawning when it could track the lights. But if the lights So I will say that the PSVR, off. I didn't have that when I was running it at my old house in Australia. Like, because I really? had a relatively large room that I sort of dedicated to gaming and it was always a little bit darker. I think that's part of the big key. If you have a lot of really you know bright overhead lights in a big open area, or even during the daytime, I think it's going to run like shit. If you're playing in a nerd dungeon, it seemed during, to be pretty good. I usually did play, in, and the lights were like I mean somewhat dim, but still on. So maybe, maybe yeah. that was a factor there. Um, but yeah, other than that, like may, and maybe mm. with that, maybe this new camera will be improved enough to be able to take care of that. But as as long as that factor is taken care of one way or another. And then, as mm. you said, like, I do think that going wireless, especially since they've been able to achieve the wireless price point at a lower rate, yeah. basically, than what the PSVR was originally at. I think that, yeah, a one cord situation is is not where they should be shooting mm. for. They should be shooting for fully wireless and maybe some games 
being to be able to be courted. That's about it. Yeah, and also contemplating that too, because like if let's say they go for a price point which is the same as the Quest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at it and go, yeah, but I have to own a PS5 to fucking get to that point, mate. So yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. can't really go premium here because it's a cost on a cost. So you know they could potentially sell that too though because if it does outperform because of the base hardware maybe they can justify it i don't know it's going to be really interesting to see which way they go but if they're going to go premium do they're going to have to invest in some uh, really big vr projects that are sony only like if they don't mm-hmm. have that then you know why wouldn't you go for uh well i was gonna say why wouldn't you go for a quest but everyone knows the real reason is is that fucking stupid micro fa- facebook attachment that you have to have facebook to the yeah, quest bullshit the oh, apple Jesus. one is really going to be like it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the apple one as far as where it lands price point wise and when it comes out but yeah well, um, the most expensive on paper they're saying three grand us which is crazy that's, oh, that's way that is, honestly that's yeah. really stupid if they do i would i'm incredibly surprised that they oh, but that. It, we talked about the hardware that's in it like that would be the price if they deliver yeah. on what they said like 8k screens in front of your face bro of course Dude. it's gonna be but there's just the problem is, though, is that there's just not a, not any good enough games to justify that Especially well, it's more than that because to get that kind of resolution, you're going to be, have to be running at least a single, probably three zero eight zero card, probably a thirty ninety, and you're still not going to be getting sixty frames at that kind of resolution so, with yeah, that power like, base. So you need a monster rig to be able to actually no. This is the standalone, isn't it? You don't need a monster yeah, rig you theoretically. Need, yeah. yeah, but it's mm-hmm. still you need a game that's going to be able to be up to the task of even like putting in something worthy of playing on it. I, I don't think mm. that we're going to be seeing anything like that makes that ever worth the price. I, I think the game that I keep telling you to play um, will differ, make you change your mind. Alex? Half-Life Alex is at that level. I, like, you know it what? Is, yeah. Remi- if I don't come to you this week and tell you how fucking amazing this game is, remind me at some point this week because it just means I haven't downloaded it. I'm going to okay. download it and play it this week. That's my goal. Yeah, as I said, it's the one that opens your eyes to like what VR really could be and how actually close we are to what we've all wanted since probably the first time we saw VR represented in a movie in the 1980s. I'm Do you know what I mean? very like, it interested is to see if that's the case. That game. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Especially I, I, I know I oversell that game all the time, but I don't think it is possible to oversell that game. Especially since I also did just see on Shark Tank uh, the other day a uh, Omni treadmill that actually legit held up. Dude, so. I think I saw this video. Oh, I, I want this so bad. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, boys, we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, and then you got the haptic feedback suits that were announced uh, last year. They had a couple oh, at right. yeah, the we, uh, we CES this, as well. So, I mean, we're getting yeah. pretty close, boys. We're getting, we're getting pretty close. <laughs> Slow and steady. <laughs> yeah, we'll be recording this podcast from within a VR framework in the next two years. I mean, give me Ready Player One to do a podcast. Fuck, in, be yes, amazing. bro. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. so cool. <laughs> then you can be on camera but not on camera exactly, as we need to so we can actually go back to doing those YouTube characters that we have <laughs> for for animes can literally be the full avatars so yeah they, we will spit on that technology in two years just go <laughs> <laughs> zoom it's for children go. yeah <sighs> all right uh now then we get to the things with sony that i think is bad news for sony mm-hmm. Uh, number one being the fact that we have another Sony exclusive now coming to PC, which was mm-hmm. Days Gone, which I only talked about as uh, a surprise game for me that I really enjoyed it um, playing yeah. through on the Sony a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, going to PC, I go, that would actually be a very great PC game. And <laughs> there's a few other Sony exclusives they think over the next 12 months may actually port out from their timed exclusives as well. 
So the reasons to have to own a Sony are getting less and less. Well, that's the thing. Well, like they, sorry, Hooch, did you want to go on this one? Well, I was going to say like it, you mentioned that it's like a bad thing for Sony, but in the end, they're you're paying for the software, which is where they make most of their money. Right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, for consoles, it's bad because uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Maybe they are doing more of a Microsoft approach here. That they're going, look, you know, um, we're not about the exclusive, son. Um, yeah. Although they certainly have been framing some language recently, especially with the Bethesda. Um, they're doing like a showcase or something next month, I think, for Bethesda. And for there's Bethesda. A, a lot of rumors swirling that they're going to go, yep, you have to own an Xbox to play this one, motherfuckers. But well, not even yeah. a PC. The, the weird thing is, is it feels like a strange time to kind of do this or, or start normalizing this behavior just because um, new consoles did just come out. And yeah. I there is now even less of a reason to get a PlayStation whenever they were already in you know, peril, basically, comparison to the Xbox um, at the stage that they were already at. The only thing that they really had going for them is their exclusives. And now if they're going to be putting them on other platforms, they just devalued themselves as far as, like, no. you know, maintaining their consoles are concerned. If no. they find that it's not worth it and it's just, you know, the software is where it's at from now on and this will be the last console for them, fine, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it just feels like it, it. this is definitely going to devalue the playstation 5 at a very critical time um in my book so yeah so here's the thing mm -hmm. it's it's been a long-standing you know known point that console manufacturers sell consoles at a loss at a loss yeah yep. at a loss right because it's the software that makes up for it so if you're removing that loss and just adding the profit from selling the software by changing it to a different platform that you've technically already been somewhat developing on because mm -hmm. Whenever you develop a console game, you're not starting out on console. You're developing it, developing it on a PC, and then you're making it run on the console. So all you got to do is just cut out that part of making it run on the console, make it run on the PC. Now, there are other things that you have a problem with when it comes to dealing with uh, different types of hardware, performance specs, stuff like that. But a lot of that, most of that is handled by you know, DirectX or whatever, or, or my, you know the drivers and stuff that are within the operating system mm -hmm. that know how to talk to the hardware and talk to the software. So all you got to do is hook into that and it should be fine. So you're turning that into something that is going to generate um, you know, a loss into something that is just going to be profitable. And we all know the main reason why people were buying ps mm -hmm. or playstation consoles was because of those exclusives so it makes sense from the framework of their first party games i think what you're saying is 100 percent right that making it yeah. more accessible to other platforms obviously it's a way of making more money for them and there is more money in the games right but mm -hmm. i will say to the opposite of that is that you need to be a draw card for third parties to actually want to jump through the extra hoops like we know that ps5 from most accounts is more of a pain in the dick to write code for than the Microsoft because if you write mm -hmm. code for Microsoft you only have to do it once because the frameworks for the Xbox console and PC is very similar so doing one game and getting two major installation bases through one set I mean yes obviously they're different but you know the ability to code for both of those is very very similar like look at how easy or how challenging it is to transfer from an old Xbox to a new Xbox or how easy it is to port from an Xbox to a PC whereas Sony uh is you know very much moving to their own lane i think that you know it'd be very easy if they pissed off the wrong third-party developers for them to just go fuck you then we'll just go with microsoft directly from now on then we don't give a shit we can still access a significant amount of the installation part of the market so i don't know 
uh, whether it's good or bad. But I will say here's the more concerning thing for me right now, um, which affects both of those, which is uh, we're now, what, three months into the new console? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is two months into 2021. We have not heard anything about any of the primary properties from Sony yet. Mm-hmm. No updates to God of War other than the fact that it's definitely going to be 2022, right? Uh, Horizon, people keep saying is this year, yeah, we have seen nothing on this game. Like nothing. Uh, any of those PS5 exclusives, not around. And the two that are, are third party anyway, because it's what um, Tokyo Ghost, Ghost Protocol and then Deathloop, which we already know are going to be on PC at the same time anyway. So I'm a bit concerned for Sony. Uh, I think what we're starting to see now is like the pandemic really messed up a lot more for gaming development than I thought it was going to. I thought that there would be an industry that would pivot incredibly well uh, with the nature of the technology, but it seems like that's not the case. Um, I mean, I know you can't talk too much out of shop hooch, but like, what's the story with people that you know in the industry? Like, uh, I mean, basically a lot of people that I know, a lot of companies have adapted. Uh, yeah, there's 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 always going to be a slowdown for some things, but for like my company specifically, I don't think we really missed any time, at least not the projects that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all it did was it forced us to kind of alter some of the ways we do communicate. I can't speak for some of the other development teams within you know within the within the company or whatever. Um, but we've already actually seen some issues co- arise from that with, you know, the Harry Potter Legends game getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and again, I, I'm not exactly 100% certain where that delay is coming from, unless it's teams that were already set up to work collaboratively in a single location, mm-hmm. having to take a longer time to adjust doing that same level of work remotely. Yeah, and if that's the case, that it is going to have a definite impact, and I think we've already recognized that a lot of the stuff that uh, we do, we could have done remotely, mm-hmm. but because we were so accustomed to being in the same area, in the same location, that we just kind of fell back to that as the primary means of having that communication and, and that. But with things like Zoom and and Discord and Slack and you know, all the other levels of digital ways we can communicate and stay in touch with each other. Mm -hmm. The only thing we've kind of lost is that impromptu water cooler type uh, communication. So it's more like stand-ups, huh? (laughs) Yeah, stand-ups. We still have (laughs) stand-ups. So it's it's more like like logistical reacclimations, basically? Yeah, it's just just learning how to how to adjust the pipeline Mm -hmm. to be able to uh, account for any delays that that's what that's another thing that I think that maybe you need to take into account how much have you offshored your development process right I think when it comes to dealing with different time zones dealing with different situations of uh, you know dealing with the pandemic like I've heard in some places that you know, you may have an offsite test team that can't get into the office. Yeah. You know? Which is pretty so. crazy. Like, I saw um, a few of the guys that are in the gaming journalism side of things, like, you know, professionally, not like us. Um, like, when they <laughs> do testing now, like, there's these really cool ways where, like, they 
stream in almost stadia style through the developer's own hardware and it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's broadcast back to them to play and they're saying yeah. it's flawless in the way it works like once the the connection issues are resolved they reckon it's probably the way to do it and stop leaks as well because they don't have to send them source codes or anything yeah. um so we've oh. seen some things change in that way that's one other problem you have if you're dealing with uh console development mm-hmm. you you're not going to just send somebody home with a you know ten thousand dollar development kit. That's true. <laughs> you know, that's that's a actually a really good point. Yeah. So because of that, it kind of started in 2020. Like that halfway mm-hmm. through 2020, you started to see just desperation starting to come through. Like you know you have you know let's say that like the developers are out there, they're Anakin Skywalker, and like they're getting close to having to release, and it's not ready, and they know it's the wrong thing to do. But you know the EA or whoever is their Overlord Emperor is just going do it you know yes. just release it anyway so Get it. <laughs> it's getting back because how many releases are we seeing now that are just fucked by a terrible launch you know you've got avengers yep. you've got cyberpunk uh we're going to talk about it in our what to be play this week but i'm concerned that um outriders is gonna be the next one mm-hmm. uh and i'm a little bit concerned maybe returnal after that i guess we need to get hands on before we see it but we're just seeing so many of them where they've got these games for phenomenal potential and the base ingredients are there, but you can see they're not being given the time to polish. Now, is this a problem with game development across the industry that existed before 2020? Probably. But I think it looks like it's been exacerbated because, you know, other than Nintendo, a lot of these big companies that would normally have, you know, two, three, four big releases in a year, are, you know, dealing with prospects of having none and they've got shareholders going, eat my ring there is no way you're not releasing something this year so yeah yeah there we are so transition out of that to uh pokemon uh had a big event as well over the last couple of days so let's go from what's going to excite hebrew least to most uh okay. so uh they're doing diamond and pearl remakes because of course they are yeah um, um they look la- like remasters let's say not remakes remasters yeah, um, it's. I was never a huge fan of um, Diamond or Pearl, so you know, this is whatever. It's a mm. way to sell more copies, I guess, and give it a facelift. Yeah. Now this one looks interesting, uh, and that is Pokemon Legends. How do you say this Pokemon's name? Is it Arceus? Arceus, I believe. Which is hilarious given Australian pronunciation. Really? Yeah, well, ass. We say ass instead of ass, like you guys oh, yeah, do. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, like, yeah. how's that game? Well, it's pretty arseous. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, this one, this one does look interesting because it's it's the first time it's really made this like time departure from like modern day to mm-hmm. like old world, which I think is fucking brilliant idea. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like an it's set in like a uh, it's like a prequel uh, to the time period that we're normally used to in the Sinnoh region, and um yeah it's it, they said it's it's going to be like a far less you know modernized and a much more rugged kind of experience and i don't know there's something i love about that uh, like conceptually that we're going into like a fucking old world pokemon time that sounds fucking sick mm. so i think that there's potential to do so much here um but yeah i would need to like i, I want to see more about what exactly there's going to be there's still one thing that kind of is a little odd to me, I guess, which is like their technology is, you know, 
supposedly not as advanced, I would imagine, but at the same time, they still have Pokeballs, which are like a a technological masterpiece. That yeah, they just made out of wood. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, this technology just works. Do not ask fucking questions about it. Yeah, <laughs> we still use Samurai. Yeah, the, the, the original ones. It'd be pretty good if they had like these, like the first batch of Pokeballs that still have the tech problems, where like you know, one in three chance it like annihilates the Pokemon, the Pokemon like just, <laughs> just yeah, just <laughs> like a giant God. bug zapper ball. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so like that that's kind of interesting. I have a feeling they're just going to be like don't don't ask questions about this. But um Of course. But yeah, it either way, the the concept of it is really fucking cool and I'm excited that it, we're finally going to get a reprieve from the world that we do know, which is very saturated at this point, honestly. Um yeah, what's your guys Cuz I was only on saying it? last week uh reminding you guys that you know they they had promised from Pokémon this massive open world game experience. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. I'm guessing this was what it was um because this looks very much like breath of the wild in scope uh and also very similar style and play to be honest like mountain climbing go up um but it does have cool things where like you have to actually uh, aim and throw the pokeballs um to capture it and then it looks like you have to summon a pokemon out of its thing to actually battle it like if that's all seamless like it doesn't do the whole like transitions and it's just all seamless from see the pokemon throw the ball get your Pokemon out, throw him down, summon that, um, and then what the rules are. Because like when you're out in the open world, like can't I just throw six Pokeballs on the ground and just go, Pokemon, gang fuck that guy, you yeah. know? Well, that, that's uh, all the questions. I, I hope that they do that because, yeah, like I wish that there would be some of these question and answers of like what's happening when the little fucking cut sequence of the battle's going on with the trainers yeah. and stuff. So, um yeah and some hilarious shit too like just throwing a magic up out in the middle of a desert so it just splashes around yeah god it's like torturing a pokemon dude you fucking i mean have you seen pokemon it's basically a documentary (laughs) about slave ownership it is 100 percent that you are correct yeah i like how they try to like retcon that a bit by in in like the most recent series uh they're like and i know this because I, i still watch some of the series occasionally um but like they, they're like the Pokemon want to be captured. They go up to, up to Ash, and they're like, "Oh, take me with you!" Like, so it's not him capturing them against their will as much anymore. It's him accepting their partnership now. Yeah, it's called Stockholm Syndrome. And then keeping, yeah, exactly. And then keeping them <laughs> in the fucking ball forever. Um, yeah. This is yeah. not what I signed up for. <laughs> I don't want to be a genie anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyways, yeah. So, you know, I ha- I didn't really see too much on that little gameplay trailer that showed me anything um terribly like new um as far as like how the game works overall compared to like that of sword or shield so mm-hmm. I-, I don't know i, I want to see more about it i hope uh, we all want an m like an mmo experience with pokemon i think i think it would bring so many yeah. people back to pokemon so um let's hope that this is it because i think it's a good um environment to try it on anyway so for sure. Now we're going to talk about the one that obviously you're the most excited about, oh, yeah. uh, which is the one I'm least excited about, oh, God, uh, which dude. is the new Pokemon Snap. I let me just say, I I know you're unexcited about it. Like, and I've said this so many times, I know, but like I was unexcited about it too whenever I first got it. I was like, what the fuck is this game? But mm-hmm. you gotta try it. Once you try it, and once you play around with it, you're gonna be like, fuck, this is a good game. And so, mm. yes, this game, I cannot fucking wait for it. 
I'm super excited. The gameplay, the the new gameplay came out for it. it it's reminds me of just how it was. More Pokemon, updated graphics, and uh, more things to do. The only thing I, I didn't care for in the slightest bit was the like decorating your picture thing that I just didn't give a shit about. But I, I I'm sure that other people will care more about that. Um, but yeah, like it. It's. I'm telling you, it's just one of those games that like you're gonna try it and then you're gonna be like, oh shit, this is a good fucking game. So, just trust me on it. It just seems so boring, and it also I seems know, like a training platform for future stalkers. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like <laughs> teaching kids. Don't let them know you're there. Sneak up on them. <laughs> yeah. This is how you get the perfect photo while they're not watching. You know, it's not throw it's out not a these great candies to guide them to where you want to go. <laughs> oh lord <laughs> now make him look back over its shoulder at you unexpectedly you know oh. it's just, yeah so gross but I, I don't know i don't think it's a, i don't think it's a chewy game i can appreciate you the concept it of it i think it it's out? like an immersion in a world that you would love to be able to do that i said to you if this was in vr i would like day one purchase uh-huh. full premium price done because i think that would be really cool for this game. It makes the most sense I can think of of anything probably in the Nintendo universe to do in VR. Well, Nintendo right? doesn't have a VR, so... They don't, <laughs> and they need to sort their life out. They need to just outsource it. But look, I mean, that would have made a hell of a lot of sense. But um, for just this, so like just you know, scrolling around, get on a boat, wait for a chance, take the perfect photo. I hate doing that in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, if, if I report... Hooch, are you going to try it? No, probably not. Fuck you guys, man. Yeah, I might try it for the sake of this podcast. You should. And then yeah, for like for potential hilarious reasons of like how excited you are versus how you're like disappointed or apathetic I'll be. What's I mean, who funny? knows? Maybe I'll fall. What's My wife will love I it. Gonna... I have no doubt. Okay, well then they, at the very least look at it as you buy it for you. And then if, if you don't like it at all, at least you know as backup, your wife will love it so yeah i think it's a i think it'd be a good game to play like with my toddler sitting next to me because i think she'd get distracted by like all the shiny like pokemons on the screen similar to hebrew as a matter of fact (laughs) (laughs) no i i look i see the appeal of it and i try and do this as much as i can especially for this podcast of saying look just because i don't think something is for me doesn't make me think i think it's a bad game do you know what i mean like it's also just like i really take into consideration the fact that like I was literally, I had the same mentality, and this was so long ago, too. Whenever mm-hmm. I first got it, I was like, this looks so fucking stupid. Like, I would never yeah. be interested in this. But you play it, and it's and it's different, I promise you. Like, you just have to give it a shot. And if you don't like it, if you don't like it... I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll if you play through the off. entirety of Half-Life Alex before this game comes out, I'll get it. I'll do that. Ooh. I'll do that 100%, yeah. I'll done do yeah. that's a fair exchange because right. you were you were going well i have to pay a premium price for a game so it's not fair it's not the same <laughs> I, will, I will make that agreement i Hooch, will play you're the moderator of this pokemon snap you're the okay moderator of this. all right all right done we're set all right we have reached an agreement <laughs> and i think this is probably the first time we're actually going to end a podcast where we've agreed on something holy shit oh, then quick let's get let's well, start two other sections to else. disagree with so. that's true we still got like another five hours of recording exactly awesome. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right folks if you have enjoyed this episode make sure you rate and review us over on apple Podcasts. if you really want to help out the show join the patreon we're trying to make that experience as fun as we can uh head into patreon.com forward slash a and r pod and of course, join the Discord at discord.me forward slash ANR. Thanks very much to Hebrew. Yep, no problem. And to the Hooch. 
As usual, as always. Right. And we'll catch you guys a couple of days for the nerdy news. Cheers.